0: You are now listening to the Girl Talk with Pops podcast. I'm your host, Brittany, and sadly, we're missing Pops today. In this episode, though, I'm still excited to bring you another male perspective on all things love, dating, sex, and relationships. We're covering many of the topics that Pops and I talked about in season one, so I hope you enjoy this different perspective. Let's go. What's up, y'all? It's Brittany back for another episode of Girl Talk with Pops. And this time is not me and Pops. It's actually me and Chidozi Okafor from the podcast, I Think I Love My Wife. And today we're talking about all of the things that I've talked to my dad about in season one, but just getting a different male perspective. So I'm super excited to have Chidozi on here because he's around my age I'm looking to push him and understand if his perspective is the same as my dad's, if it's different, and how it's related to mine. We're obviously in the same dating pool and living in big cities, so it's interesting to have a younger guy who is going to talk about situationships, the 90-day rule, commitment issues, et cetera, et cetera. Chidozi, why don't you say hi to our listeners?
1: What's good, everyone? How you guys doing? Chidozi, you sound
0: so cool in that. (laughs)
1: I had to put I had a I know a lot of your listeners are on the east coast and so I had to put on my good uh, my good voice
0: I appreciate it
1: <laughs> so part of what we want to do is just talk talk about certain topics that I think are important in a relationship and that uh, I think it will be interesting to get both of our perspectives on so the first one that we wanted to talk about is vulnerability and really want to understand I guess one start off by like what does that mean to you? And what are your expectations of, like, your partner or potential partner?
0: Vulnerability to me is super important to advancing any dating relationship or situation, whatever you want to call it. I think that as time goes by and as the experience together advances, I think vulnerability is sort of one of those things that blooms. I often find myself being at a different level of vulnerability than people that I've dated in the past. So I'm super curious to hear how you think about vulnerability. But in general, I think vulnerability is related to honesty and trust and comfort with the other person. And I know it doesn't all come on day one, but I think a lot of that should come early and just like being forthcoming about who you are and what you want. And that to me is like the first step But I feel like guys don't always come with their cards face up. Um, I don't think think women
1: do either. I think you guys are better at masking it, but, you know, that's another.
0: Sure.
1: (laughs) I'm just saying, I, I think in a lot of ways, women are more communicative. They are more expressive. And so sometimes what they are communicating and sharing can come off as like that deep penetrating vulnerability. And it's not because in some ways. Or in some cases, they haven't processed what they think, really understand what they they feel. And so they're communicating, but they're not necessarily being vulnerable in a way that I think vulnerability requires, where guys probably just don't say nothing.
0: But isn't that just being raw? Like, if a woman can say how she feels, even though it's not fully processed or even though it's not fully formed, isn't that just being raw? And isn't that another form of vulnerability?
1: Uh, I think, yeah, it could be a form of it. And I think there's something to be said around being comfortable enough in a space where you are, you know, someone says like I'm bare faced, right? So you're raw in the sense that you're not scared of the consequences or reactions because you are comfortable or safe enough to express how you feel in the moment, right? But I also think that, you know, what we say, what we do, especially when you are involved with someone in some ways you are now responsible for the, how that person feels, requires a level of care and how you operate and what you project out and what you don't project out. And so I think in some cases, that rawness is probably unappreciated as much as like getting to the point. And I, some of that's a functionality of guys versus girls. Like a lot of women are process oriented. It's about the journey as much as it is the destination. And for a lot of guys, it's the destinations. He's like, hey, this is bothering you or this happened in your past. You know, what does that mean for us today? Right? Right. The journey Mm -hmm. doesn't really matter, especially if you haven't felt like really felt how you feel and understand what that means, because in going through that process naturally. Right. I'm not saying that the person is wrong for going through the process, how you feel about it over time will change. And if you haven't when that time could be within a couple of hours, a couple of days, depending on the situation years depending on the situation and if you haven't really processed it to know how you truly feel about it not necessarily in the moment then the guy's reacting off of this and that might change tomorrow it might change the next day and i think that's where you find uh, attention points between uh, guys and girls i shouldn't say yeah women
0: sorry women thank you thank you for uh i'm I'm, I'm a working process (laughs) Uh, no, I understand that, but I also just wish that guys were a little bit more dynamic. And I think this is the difference or one of the differences between men and women. But I think part of how men are is compartmentalizing things like emotions and outcomes or whatever. So yes, I can say to you today, I'm upset about this, and then tomorrow I'm like, Well, I'm less upset about it, but I recognize that my emotions were here and I just Wanted to address that and the day before is just is about me being I, which I still think is vulnerable but the day after is like self-awareness so I think that it's important for women to be able to like really be themselves and emote the way they emote and like share that without a man being like wait so you changed your mind so you didn't feel that way or now you feel this way Like, I think there's a balance that we have to, like, work at. But I think, you know, with good communication, then that's possible.
1: True. And I think what we both strive to accomplish in each of our podcasts is to really provide perspective that helps you understand how to operate and also, in some ways, justifies, you know, what behaviors you may or may not do, right? And so I have to say that you know, if you're a guy out there and what I've been learning is sometimes we just got to listen, right? Like we just need to, yes. we're not here to solve, <laughs> solve problems, oh my but, that's how, but yes. that's how we're built. Right. And so oh. that's a lesson that I continually have to remind myself because I'm very much like, why are you telling me this? Unless you want me to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of times, especially I think in that processing period that you just want someone to share that with. And, um, it's, it's challenging because we don't often know the difference. And then in our attempt to solve, because we see a person I care about is hurt or not feeling great. How do I change that? That then can lead to frustration on your end. And then now you guys are, uh, having conflict about something that wasn't even the case, right? When no one had malintent in the first place. And so I think for, for guys, it's important to just you know, have that in you know, top of mind as much as you can remind yourself that. An easier situation would have, like, the person you would be able to communicate, hey, I just want to share this. I don't need you to do anything right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Especially mm-hmm.
1: in the beginning when you don't know that person well enough to know, like, when you when she wants you to, to act and when she wants you to listen. And so I don't think there's anything wrong on the on the woman's side to say, hey, I, I don't want you to do anything. I just want you to listen to me right now, right? And y'all build that recognition of understanding when those moments are. I also think on, on the woman's end, it's important to recognize that like we are not built like that from day zero, especially a black man, right? So growing up, you can talk about male and female and then you can talk about being black, right. And so as a male, like you just think about when a toddler falls down, right If it's a girl, hey you, you go pick her up, hey you okay you, you, you're comfort her, you letting her cry it out. If it's a boy like, hey stop crying, you ain't hurt. And so at that early age, he's already learning, okay what I felt is not important. We need to get over it. And so that continues to repeat itself over time. And then being a black man, it's like, you're not privileged enough to uh, respond to how you feel in every situation. It's almost to your detriment to respond to all the things that life throws at you uh, and the adversity you face that like, you almost can't succeed unless you learn how to compartmentalize, and so I think there's challenges to understand okay, how do I take this thing that's I would say moving me in a safe manner right, protecting me in the outside world and then come into a space that's supposed to be safe and knowing to turn that off right and I think that's challenging, especially when you don't recognize that and so I think there's grace that also has to come to like know that guys are not communicating intentionally. It's just how we've learned to operate over time.
0: Absolutely. I definitely agree with that. Grace on both ends too. But going back to the first piece of that, I am a huge fan of just saying upfront, I'm not asking for a solution here. (laughs) I am just talking to you about how I feel to set that expectation because I deal with that Often, and i I find that like just being up front is like super helpful because I often just want to talk it out, I don't really. Like I might have a solution and I ask your opinion, but I'm not like, oh, what? well, can you please solve this for me, please? And I recognize that that's how guys are conditioned. And I think your other point is about conditioning. And I think it's interesting that you use the word privilege because the guy that I date, he often says like, oh, what you want is really a privilege. Like we got to grind. We got to do this. We got to do that. And I'm like, well, I don't know. But I think he feels those pressures that you're talking about. He feels the pressure to provide. He feels the pressure to succeed. He feels the pressure in the work world, you know. So I definitely, understand that but grace is what we should all be striving to provide to our partners and really communication because we're not mind readers so i agree with you
1: no of course as you were talking a quick thought that came into my head was i was saying it to myself that i need to remember as you're talking about it but i say this now to any man that is listening is that We have to remember that, you know, when she wasn't with us, whether situationship or the relationship, she was making it (laughs) like she was figuring out (laughs) out how to to move past. I mean, she might have 14 homegirls she was talking to first to get there, (laughs) but she figured it out and was able to, you know, figure out what the next move is and get to where she's at that put her in a position that you now find attractive. And so we also have to remember, like you know, she might be complaining, venting, nagging, what have you about what's going on, but like she can figure it out. And we're not going to be penalized if we don't help, right? Sometimes we, I think low key feel like, oh man, if I don't solve this, it's going to be, not that it's going to be drama, but like I failed in some kind of way. And so yeah. I, I think we have to remind ourselves and remember as men that she was figuring out stuff before we met. If it don't work out, she's going to figure stuff out too. And so almost if you could force yourself to be like, I'll just wait for her to ask me for help, right? And, let, and right. let the argument be about you don't proactively help me, then, uh, <laughs> then you don't listen.
0: <laughs> right. I was actually going to say that the tension comes from women feeling unheard. The tension is not in not getting a solution. So it's like guys need to be a little bit more understanding of like what women want or what they need or what they mean and not get caught up on how they are, as men, as being solution-oriented or as being straightforward, because that's not really what it's about. Women, I think, are able to process and multitask a lot better than men. So it's not often like, oh, how do I Ooh, figure all better. these different components mm-hmm. out? Yes, that's how <laughs> I feel.
1: <laughs> polarizing comment, but not keep going.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can feel how I want to feel. You, you, and it you, it's
1: America you are entitled to feel. Thank you.
0: (laughs) But anyway, I agree. Again, I think it all goes back to communication, though.
1: Yeah, and and I try to keep it real 100%. The reality is, like, a lot of guys don't care either what you're complaining about. Like, if we're being honest, like, we just don't. And so, half, half of it is that we don't understand why you're complaining and don't get why you're complaining if you don't want a solution. And we don't operate in that way. And so, you really don't find guys complaining about stuff unless they like want a solution for it. And so, Oftentimes, we're like, well, how you felt through the way, like, we don't even care about. But I think it's important to like pretend if you have, yeah, pretend sometimes and just be as engaged as you can. No,
0: and why does it have to be pretending? Why can't it just be empathy?
1: Empathy of what? Like how you feel? Yes. Like, what does that mean? Like, give me an example <laughs> of what I should be empathetic of.
0: Uh, hmm. Such
1: and such unfollowed you. I was being petty.
0: Today, I...
1: (laughs) (laughs) I got to be empathetic that your friend unfollowed you?
0: No. So I'm not thinking about that level. (laughs) That's funny. Um, But I think in that situation, a woman wants her guy to be like, damn, that's fucked up. Yeah, and and, and
1: that's pretending. (laughs) He don't care. He probably don't even think it's that fucked up. But he's like... Damn, baby. It's messed up.
0: But that's... I I mean, that's being... I don't think it's pretending. I just think it's being empathetic. But y'all don't care. You don't care. So, I mean, hey. I guess it is...
1: But what, What situation did you mean it in?
0: No, I was thinking more... I guess not social examples, but an example like, oh, I came home and my apartment was flooded or like there's a leak or whatever. There's nothing you can do about my apartment having a leak right now. But say, oh, babe, did you talk to the landlord yet? Or like, is there anything that I can get you while you figure this out or something like that? But you can't physically fix that.
1: Yeah, but it sounds like there's a lot of things I could have done to make the situation better right there. Like what? Uh, are we in the same city? Do I need to come no. get you? Not oh, in the same scene. Oh, do I need to call a task rabbit? Do I need to send you some food? There's things well, that that's guys are saying though. Do I need to call your, your your landlord? It doesn't change the leak, but it can make you feel better. And so those are the things that guys go to looking for a, some type of solve, right? Because it's easy to recognize, like, well, your thing's leaking, and let's say it's a situation where it's not flooding, but like let's say you're leaking, you got a bucket there. It's leaking, they're not gonna come and fix it till tomorrow. Yeah. Got it. That's the reality. That's what guys understand. But he's still going to be like, I understand that she is not feeling great. What can I do to make her feel better? And that's what we that's go
0: empathy. to. That's empathy. That's empathy though.
1: Yeah. And so like in that situation, you're talking about the league and all this other stuff and what it might've messed up. And he's like, what can I do to make you feel better? I get to this water on your floor, put a bucket there. Like, you know, that part, he's you're like, right. I get the situation. Anything is after that, I'm good on what can I do to make you feel better? Where you like, but look at this, and what if this happens and what if that happens? And but we're learning, we gotta just engage and listen and let you finish feeling, you know? And yeah. then we, we, you know, see what we can do about it.
0: Right. Okay, that's fair. We could go on about this, but I wanna talk about honesty a little bit because I feel like men and women are always talking about how the other person is being forthcoming, and and I think it's so related to vulnerability, but in dating, it manifests in very particular ways. So I'm going to put this back on you. One of the episodes we had was called You Don't Have to Lie to Kick It, which we have all heard before. But why do you think it's so difficult for men to be honest in dating when there's like literally no commitment at all? This is not your man, this is not your boyfriend, this is not your husband, and yet dudes are still out here lying. So I... (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> i can't I can't respond for those individuals because I try to be as honest as possible sure um, you
0: might have some friends that fit the bill though
1: I, I carry myself in great company now but oh. um, the consultant in me can understand the logic behind it in some scenario. The
0: man in you, the compartmentalizer in you is like, oh yeah, let me let me analyze this real quick. No, the empathetic
1: aspect, the <laughs> empathetic part of me can put myself in their shoes.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Thank you.
1: <laughs> and try to understand how there might be a situation where someone lies. First and foremost, I don't condone it. Let me put that message out there. So as I'm talking about why people lie, it's not me saying that I do it. But I think people lie in general, right? I, think, I don't think it's a man thing or a woman thing. I think People are inherently selfish and people, most people are, and they will do things that uh, will benefit them, especially like when it's in conflict with like a lie that they think they will get away with. Right. And so I think in situations where guys tend to lie a lot or more commonly, especially in dating is around what they are doing as it pertains to other people. Mm -hmm. And I think part of that guys just recognize that like, if I tell them the truth, Well, take a step back. Women are really good compared to guys like deading things. Like when they want to dead something, they dead it and it's not like a a comeback from it typically unless there are a lot of like deep feelings vested. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I think guys recognizing that can understand that there are certain things that a woman might hear and she may not be happy with and dead the situation and not give it the potential to grow. And I think that potential to grow is what, if the guy's not out here like bullshitting, is what a guy is hoping for to see like if this is a person that I want to continue something with. And so but oftentimes when a woman wants to understand where she fits in the grand scheme of things with that person, and I think a lot of that has to do more with her trying to figure out how much can she give of herself and be vulnerable and transparent. Yeah. Because she doesn't want to do that without like the safety of knowing that like she's doing that to someone that is fully committed to her. I think that's what stems those conversations, right? She's ready to like, I want to give more. I want to be more transparent. She may not be saying that to herself, but that's the mindset she's in. And she wants to know like, okay, this person is as in it as I am. So then here it goes like, what are we doing? You know, are you talking to other people? Yada, yada, yada. And the guy in some of those situations recognizes that, oh man, if I tell her the truth, this is going to lead to in some way her retreating from the progress we're making. And so they just opt out of telling people. Even in cases where like guys end up Through that conversation, being together, say, hey, okay, yeah, I think we take it to the next level because he thinks that's what she wants to hear, even though that may not be what he feels. That's why guys are, not guys, but just people are in situations that they're not happy with. And then they end up cheating because they didn't want to lose out on something. They wanted to have their cake and eat it too. And then they ended up doing things they're not supposed to be doing.
0: I really think it's that. And maybe women do. Uh, sure, women do it too. My dad always gets on me about men and women being yeah, you know, we are uh, because, <laughs> yes, I know. But I also have data points on are other guys like and how. You <laughs> no. have data
1: points on you've been researching women. Something I don't know about.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, all my friends are women, so yes, I have yeah. data points on women. Do they probably but, tell
1: me? Yeah, okay, I'm gonna leave that alone because I know.
0: Yes, thank you, thank you. Uh, <laughs> But I think that guys don't want to lose their position. It's like a not necessarily an ego thing, but it's just that they recognize the position or the situation or the level or whatever that they have made it to with this person and lying or this truth. Actually, the truth is a risk that they don't want to
1: the truth, because sometimes you may not lie. But you may not be as forthright with the truth.
0: Exactly. But deceit is lying. I don't know
1: if it's deceit. You know, I personally think oh, it's tough. Because at the end of the day, like, whatever you do to find the person that you're with, like, no one's going to ask about the past, right? Or not really. And so I think, like.
0: Wait, what do you mean no one's going to ask about the past? Like, let's say, you know,
1: <laughs> you are, you dis- quote, in your phrase, deceitful, right, with this person. And then it works out in a way where y'all get married. No one's going to be like tripping that you were deceitful in that moment, right? And people are doing what they feel is best for them. And so I recognize that people are operating in a manner that is best for them. And sometimes withholding the truth is what people feel like they need to do. And I think, especially at our our age, if you don't know how to ask the right questions to get the answer you want, that's your bad. I can get like you 21 or 22 or something like that. But at this age, if you know you are asking a question to understand X and you are beating around the bush with the questions you're asking or you're not getting the answer you want with the questions that you're asking, we should be old enough and educated enough to be able to say, hey, this is what I want to know. And it may put someone in the corner. But like, you got to ask those questions if you really want. Like, were you forcing someone to lie to you?
0: I think that's fair. That's reminds me a lot of how my dad is or his position in general. And it's mostly like demand honesty. He says that to me all the time. Yeah. He thinks that that is like literally the way forward. And I think it really is related to what you're saying. It's about asking the right questions, sensing the BS, asking more questions and giving the person opportunity to like be honest. But you can tell when somebody isn't being forced coming you can tell when they're holding back and i think after that it's up to you to make the decision on like what happens but or dive deeper
1: with the questioning To confirm because we all have biases and and history that may have our antlers a little bit more sensitive than it may need to be in some cases.
0: Even when you do that, you're not guaranteed to, like, get to the answer or the information that you are looking to get to because going back to the first point, people aren't always vulnerable.
1: Uh, I mean, touche. I, I give you that one.
0: (laughs) Thanks. So we've talked about being honest. We've talked about being vulnerable. And I think that's directly related to situationships. (laughs) And... How do you define a situationship?
1: Uh, I don't know that there's. I mean, the fact that you can't define it, I guess. No, um, you
0: though. You, Personally, <laughs> <laughs> this is a personal definition. Oh, like, I'm not asking for a, a polarizing statement. Oh, I, that wasn't even polarizing.
1: <laughs> that was that was honest. Look at you oh, not no. acknowledging <laughs> my transparency and vulnerability.
0: Damn. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> it wasn't good enough for you. I get it. Okay. (laughs) And that also happens too when men try. It wasn't good enough for them. So then they're like not happy with it. And then we, you know. uh, Oh, that's so good. We got to come back to that. That's so good. We moved on because it just happened right there, you know. But (laughs) I think a situationship is any type of interaction with someone that has potential for a romantic direction is a situationship. Like when you recognize that you guys are not friends or you guys are friends that there might be more, I think anything from that spot on until like you guys are making it, you know, uh I guess in the blurred lines of dating is a is a situation shift.
0: So between non platonic associates to formal dating is the situation? True?
1: Yeah, because I think you know, there is formal dating that might be its own standalone thing, but I think you can start off that y'all were dating and then it becomes a situationship because it hasn't progressed into anything. I think dating is like a thing. Like you, you date to get to know someone to figure out what you're doing and then you figure it out or you're in this like situationship period.
0: Oh, right. And this is sort of how we started talking about relationships and dating Because you have a strong opinion on courting and I don't, I don't think, but I think it's really interesting that you make the distinction between situationships and dating because I also don't. I think that dating can be a situationship. Oh, I agree.
1: I agree. It can be.
0: Okay. It can well, be so one. The, right. But it, it only, you're saying it only becomes one when there's no progress or what?
1: Let's say we met, right? And we went out on a few dates. Over the course of a month, I would think that like we're dating. I wouldn't call that a situationship.
0: Okay. So when would it become a situationship?
1: I mean, it depends on what's going on, but like I know, uh, I'm
0: asking for an example. <laughs> I,
1: I don't know all the other factors going on, but I think let's say, you know, we have month two and a half. I think it, it typically becomes a situationship when you guys start to develop your routine and that's all you guys are doing, right? Whatever that routine is. Um, oh. Okay. And that could be that y'all just go out on dates and y'all hang out this day and y'all do this thing. It could be that you just coming over and kicking it. I think when like it doesn't feel like it's progressing or at the moment somebody's tired of that, <laughs> mm-hmm. then, right. then, then you're in a situation. So
0: what does progress mean to you and getting to know someone?
1: Uh, That's a good question. I think you should be intentional about trying to learn about the person that you are engaging or involved or interacting with, whether that's a form of like questions, time spent. And I think it's easy to, especially when you like really enjoy someone's company, to fall out of that. Like you could just really enjoy spending time with someone and y'all get along well. But you're not getting to know that person. Like you're not learning more tidbits about it unless something like happened. And so I think it's important to really be trying to like, especially like at at our age. And I think I've learned more recently that, you know, although my friends that are married have said you can't microwave a relationship and it's a marathon and things of that nature. I also recognize that the situation that we're in, especially with women, once they hit like their 30s, you know, there's a clock and all these other things and the way they look at it is that like they're trying to expedite it as much as possible where possible, right? Especially in the beginning to understand like where they should invest their time, energy, emotions, vulnerability, what have you. And so I think all of those things force that intentionality to be more significant, right? And so I just think it's important, especially at this age, that like you're over 28, 27, 28, to be you know, making sure that you're being thoughtful about questions that you're asking the person. And at least I would suggest if I was giving advice – have a goal of, okay, hey, here's something new I want to learn about this person. And I don't think people think about it that way because it seems very much like a uh, process-oriented and in some ways inorganic. Yeah, It requires thought and effort. Like, So if you thought about, hey, I know I don't know this about this person, I want to leave this interaction, at least I've learned this, right? And I think if you do that and you're intentional about it, then you will continue to get to know that person. I think sometimes we hit a wall of like all the kind of the, the general, I won't say small talk, but the general questions you learn up front and then people kind of stop cuz they feel like i got a good sense about this person when you really don't know that person that
0: well. Right.
1: What about you? What what is a situationship to you?
0: I would define a situationship as anything before being in a formal relationship. It's like
1: like a, it's a it's an all-encompassing bucket.
0: Yeah, mostly because we live in an age where people are like dating and like chilling and not chilling and dating again. Like it, there's And it's sort of related to the point I was making earlier about courting, but I don't necessarily see courting as a formal thing. Like, I understand the concept, but I just think that we're in the place where it's like either we're together or we're not really. I kind of see it very black and white. And until you have decided, like, this is the person that I want to be in a relationship with and grow a relationship with and grow a connection with, then you're in a situation. I mean, I think at the beginning, it's probably just like kicking it or you know you go on a few days you can call it dating whatever but i think i have a hard time with the word dating specifically or like what dating means which is why i use situationship as a more broad term if that makes sense
1: yeah i think that's fair i think situationship just has like a negative connotation right i don't think the words bad itself but it just has a negative connotation so that probably was like my initial response like you know whoa but i understand the way that you explain it For me, the way I broke it down, like you're dating or you're courting someone. And to me, that's on the spectrum of intentionality. And then people tend to go off on like exits that become situationships. It doesn't mean you can't get back on the path of intentionality or dating and courting again, but it just kind of happens. So I always looked at situationships a little bit differently and more of the, I would say, from a stereotypically a woman's point of view is something that they, they don't want. (laughs) Sometimes <laughs> the guy's probably okay, you know, being out yeah. on the exit for a little longer. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because I just brought the guys back for season one and I talked to them about it because people have asked questions about the difference. And more recently, the guys said, I guess on the last couple of episodes, this is what I learned. So I'm showing my growth that it's okay to date, but when you court someone, you only can court one person at a time, right? You can't court multiple people. Mm. And so that, that's what they taught me. That's what they told me.
0: Mm-hmm, that's good. And
1: so the the big aha that I learned there, and I think is part of what's been my struggle in getting back into the dating scene is that I'm at a point, and it took a lot of going back and forth first to get to it. So if you haven't heard it, go back and listen to like episode 14 or 15. But I'm at a point where I want to date and I'm looking to eventually get married. And so I know that I'm like dating to court. That's like my pathway that I'm trying to get on, right? I'm trying to see what this person's about, get to know them better. And when I feel confident enough in that, what we have or how we're feeling about each other, then let me court you. I'm recognizing that women, especially that are over like 28, are wanting to be courted immediately. And so there's a tension point because if I'm coming at you to date, you are receiving me that way, knowing that's not, that's not what you want. And so then I'm being treated like a guy that's just out here just to date just to be having fun. And so I have to recognize that women are wanting to court. So anything that looks like dating, they're like, "No, nah, I'm good. If you don't, if you don't want to court me and do the things you need to do to make it work, <laughs> I'm good. On to the next guy." And I'm like, "I got courting potential, but I don't know you well enough to like just do all of those things." Because I also think that courting for men is a much more heavily involved and emotionally tasking thing, and I won't say than women. It is just compared to when they're dating. And so if I'm not ready to be that involved mentally, then I don't want to like, I'm not going to come at you when I'm not coming at you correctly.
0: Yeah, I think that makes sense. It's sort of related to one of the things that I called out in our relationship or in our, uh, in our relationship. (laughs) (laughs) You better watch out now. (laughs) In our episode about situationships, it's really that I think it's important that women know their boundaries and like discuss the expectations of what the thing is, be it dating, be it courting, be it situationship, because I agree with you on the fact that. Past thirty, that women are a little more intentional than guys are at the beginning. We're like trying to decipher and make our way through the weeds of like what's going on and who actually we could see a future with. And
1: Um, just interrupt you, I will also say that you guys are probably more risk averse too in that process of exploring. Like when I say that, I'm like taking chances on stuff that you don't like may not. Be certain about. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. To your other points, like we have to have a signal to tell us, like, is this worth investing in? And I think that that's how situationships persist, or that's how you can, I guess, jump in and jump out. Like you were saying, you have to receive some level of validation or a signal, or really, ideally, just a straight. Comment or direct feedback from the man on like what's up, and too often I think women and people in general, but I'm I'm speaking from the woman's point of view, is that it's uncertain, and that's where situationships get the the negative connotation. It's like oh I don't know where we're going, I don't know where we're doing, I don't even know what's the point. You know this person isn't there's no progress. So I think that. Setting boundaries, setting expectations and actually seeing progress in the form of intentionality or clear signals or feedback is like super important to like defining where you're going and if it's a situationship or not.
1: True. But what may have to understand, as long as you are not in a, a position where you want to be the leader in that or uh, the proactive person or you want to wait until you get the right signals, you just got to be patient. Well, I don't see you have to be, you can make whatever decision you want. It's important for you to be patient, to see what could happen because some, there are some people that are playing around and I know that muddies the water in terms of how people look, but there are some people that just need time. Like I am 33. I believe, and I want like the next person I'm with to be someone that I will marry. And so that's a lot for me to think about in like, oh, I don't think that like, you know, my luck is that much. Well, if I swipe, swipe you, we connect, we go out, you my next person, right? And so I'm not gonna commit that I just randomly met this person and they were destined to be mine, the next person that I meet. And so it just takes time to really be sure and confident that, like, okay, I feel good enough about this person that I'm gonna enter this relationship, knowing that I'm probably gonna marry this person. And I think as a guy, that's a lot to be like. I'm probably going to mirror the, the next person I enter <laughs> a serious relationship with, right?
0: Oh, this is so good. So, yes, that's true. It reminds me of this time that a friend of mine said to me, I was like 22, I think, or 23. She was like, oh, my gosh, like, this could be your husband. And I was like, oh, I guess you're right. I didn't even really think about it. I say that to say, like, the way that we think about things is definitely totally different. And even at that early age and early 20s, my friend is like, oh, you're about to be in a serious relationship. This could be your husband. And I hadn't even really thought about it because that wasn't where my mind was. But that happens very early for women. And I think think that it's so interesting that it's like a bigger thing for guys past 30. And it, it makes me wonder and want to discuss the difference between our situations and dating past 30. Because dating past 30, for me, might look completely different for you. And it's also an episode that we have that i talked talk to my dad about because even at 30, my dad, he was married, then divorced, and then like back on the scene. And I'm like, oh, wow. Like, it's just completely different. Like, in my 30s, I probably have only dated uh, new wait people. Wait for it. Wait for it. <laughs> I, have, out there. I have gone out on <laughs> dates with Clarify. three different people. Like three people about, Since you've been 30? Yeah, but also the important note here is I don't I don't do any dating apps. So, so I haven't like but that's a way that people have increased their number of dates exponentially. How do you? That's the real thing. 32.
1: In 2 years you went on three dates that well when I was No, three, no, 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 no. Dates.
0: I said people. I'm not counting dates. No, I'm, no, saying, I'm saying, the saying you number, three
1: people that were, were more than one date.
0: The number of people, new people, that I didn't know before 30.
1: New people, okay. <laughs> good, good, good clarification point, okay.
0: <laughs> the number of new people that okay. I have dated, gone out on dates with post thirty. I'm pretty sure it's like three. You must
1: have some deep history with some people that you knew before. Three people?
0: Or I've been dating the same guy consistently for a long time.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's why you you call everything a situationship. I get it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's not it. That's not it. There's a reason, but that's not it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah listen listen we'll talk later
0: <laughs> but okay so same question to you how many uh if you know how many women new women that you've met post uh mm-hmm, yeah nah, I'm, uh I'm... how many women have you gone out on dates with
1: oh uh, i mean i don't know the answer to that but uh oh it's, no it's like it's not
0: <laughs> can't count I probably
1: can't. I don't even want to put the brand power into thinking about it. I think, cause that doesn't really like, it's a guy, like it doesn't really matter to me. I think I just grew up knowing like relationships are serious. Right. Like, and I don't ever want to be in one where I'm not going to come correct. Right. I guess I care about my brand and how people think about me that like, there's a certain level of esteem that I, I don't want someone to say, which those of you ever did this to me. Right. Or treat me like this in that context. Right. Uh, so in college, I was like, I'm not trying to be in a relationship cause I'm living my best life. And so graduating from college, I dated, but like my job and what I was trying to do, you know, from a academic, go back to school, grad school, study for the the GMAT, LC, whatever, took a lot of time. And so like, it just didn't work out for me and a lot of people. And so when I got to grad school, one of the things that I recognized, like these schools almost filter people for you once you find someone you're attracted to, similar to like they do for businesses. Right. And so I was like, well, I want to make sure if I meet someone, I'm twenty. Uh, seven at the time. If I meet someone and they have all the things that I'm looking for, I'm going to like make sure I take advantage of it. Whereas I probably didn't do that in undergrad. And so towards the end of grad school, I was in a serious relationship that had potential to like, I saw marriage in that, right? And then that didn't work out. Moved to Dallas after grad school. I dated some people. I, I don't know how many people I went out with or I was involved with. Um, But mm. part, of the, part of that was like, <laughs> I was also like transparent with people that like I wasn't looking for anything serious. Well, most people that I wasn't looking for anything serious because I knew that I needed to like recover in the sense of like I didn't have much to give emotionally to be in a relationship. And so there were a couple people that could have been serious, but like I moved slow. And so they wanted me to move faster than I was ready to move. And I think that's a difference between men and women. Like, you, we can you know, chastise and say whatever about guys, but guys are really good about knowing where some of their boundaries are. If a guy only wants sex and he's not getting it, he's bouncing because that's a boundary. They know
0: boundaries, but they don't know how to communicate them.
1: They may not know how to communicate them, but they, they know them. And so... He, so we
0: got to guess. Okay.
1: As a woman, you should know a guy always wants to have sex. Like that should be. Oh,
0: I know that's a fact, <laughs> but still.
1: Well, a woman could be like, well, I don't want to have sex, but then she sees a guy that's important to him and then has sex. And then now they're dealing with the things that come with it because she wasn't ready to, to do that, but she did it anyway. And so for me, there are people that wanted to like move further and I wasn't ready and we ended it. And then I get into my, my latest relationship and I was in a position where I was ready To be in a relationship and feeling good about like that potential. And we almost got to the point where I could see myself proposing. So I've only been in two serious relationships. Like when I made that person my girl, I was thinking about marriage. Yeah. We get married. And for me, if I don't feel strongly about you to say, let's be together or like that we could be married, I don't want to gal you Like because like, what am I doing? Like I'm wasting time and I'm limiting who else I can get to know by just being in a relationship with you.
0: And that's where situationships come in as a definition oh, yeah. to me, because it's like, well, we're not getting married, so what are we doing? Nothing. It
1: goes back to what you were saying before. I think you have to be honest about what it is and deal with the punches as they come. And I hope, like, women—I'm sure guys fall into this bucket too—but my experience is it with women. I hope they understand, like, that just because you don't get the answer you want in the beginning. Doesn't mean that it can't grow into what you want. And they're just like, again, it goes to patience. And I, I would never say, hey, put all your marbles in one basket with someone that's not giving you what you need. But I'm a proponent of women dating multiple people if they can. And, and if you can. Some people can. Why? I, you
0: oh, just, I can't. Why? Oh, that's just not how they, they're they built. This is not how, just how they move. They can't
1: operate and focus that's attention true. on multiple people. I'm not here to to argue with how they operate, but I just Mm -hmm. know there's some women that told me like when they're focused on someone, they can't really share their attention across people.
0: I've actually heard that too. Yeah.
1: That is part of the reason why certain things get expedited faster than like it may organically should, or women are ready to like jump because they're ready for that and they know like they're not necessarily looking at everything else. I just believe like if you make the decision to be with someone in the midst of having a lot of options, then like you're not going to cheat later on. Because you could have kept that situationship or that experience and had your cake and eat it too, but you chose not to. Like even my last relationship, we were dating and I didn't feel any pressure to be in a relationship with to make it official. And I talked about some of the I guess things that led to us. There were certain things that I wanted to see out of her that I felt like it wasn't fair to like, expect out of someone that you weren't officially with. And It just so happened that someone else that I had been talking to, they were kind of connected somehow and I didn't want to risk it. Mm. And so that's what made me do it because I saw enough in her and I didn't want to, it wasn't worth me losing or risking it. I wasn't in jeopardy of losing it, but I didn't even want the chance of risking it because I saw enough in her. And so for me, and I think a lot of guys, they have to kind of see, well, there's people that just date and just want to date and whatever. But I'm a type of person that if I'm in a relationship with you, I'm trying to marry you or I'm trying to see if we can get married. And until like I feel strongly enough about what I see in you and the potential it has, then I'm not going to be in a relationship. And I also want to push that like I think it goes beyond me and that person, right? I think women tend to think about things from a like, okay, we're together. He sees a lot of me. So it's about like me and, and that person, right? We blocked out the outside distractions, which typically is other people. But for me, it's like about my family now, right? Like, how are they going to see that person? Me being Nigerian is like, how is this person going to embrace the culture? So there's so many more levels of what that means to bring someone into my world and like the evaluation process than it is, I guess, in courting or being in an official relationship than it is when we're just dating. When it's a date, I'm just trying to see like, hey, do we get along? Do I like being in your space? Do I not mind some of the things that you do that are kind of annoying? You know, yeah, but you know that and so that to me, there's a drastic difference where that might not be the same for for everyone else. I'm curious to hear from you here in my response and like your experience where there's like I guess agreement or tension points between those.
0: well, I think that I am aligned with you on the sort of intentionality of dating, like I've only been in one serious relationship. Before the guy that I'm dating now, and there was potential for marriage. And I didn't really think about it then. It's sort of related to this point about um, what I was saying earlier my friend being like, oh, that could be your husband. But I knew I wanted to be married, and I knew that I liked this person, and they represented things that I thought were important. And, you know, there were similar values. So I've only done that serious relationship. And then the guy that I'm dating now, which is also serious, but between that, like, yeah, I've dated multiple people had multiple situationships, but also understood the distinction and understanding like, okay, this is where this guy is. Like he really doesn't want marriage or he doesn't want to be with one person or he doesn't even know what he wants. Or he's and trying to figure it out. <laughs> that's the same thing, no? Yeah, but it sounds
1: so negative. Like <laughs> yeah. when you say he doesn't want, as if that decision has been made, like I don't want it. As opposed but to I don't crime. know if he
0: was like actively trying to figure it out. I can't speak for that man.
1: You speaking for him when you say he, he didn't? He didn't want it
0: <laughs> because he told me.
1: Oh, you didn't say all that. You got to clarify. You can say for he you know, told okay. you he didn't want. It.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, he. I have heard before, not even from just one specific person, but like, yeah, I don't really know. I don't know what I want. I don't know if I want a wife. I don't know. No, if... see, that's
1: see, that's different, right? And I can understand like how you want to cut ties and disassociate yourself from something like that. And I think that goes to like intentionality from like people asking the right questions. And I think women have to do a better job of that on their end, asking those questions. I'm just saying that as as a male, I tend to, like in my experience, especially like in the beginning of like the dating and getting to know you, it feels like I'm the one that is you know, it's people that you naturally get along with. But typically, I feel like I'm the one driving the conversation and the questions. And a lot of times it's like, so what about you after I've asked something, right? And I think women have to start asking like, hey, what do you want? Like, what does happiness look like for you? Is marriage something that's important to you? Do you want to be a husband? And not be scared, not to, not be like intimidated that like, a guy's going to run off because she's asking all these kind of penetrating questions. If he's running off, then you're kind of getting the answers you need to get.
0: And I would clarify that even more to be specific because I don't think that women hear from their female friends or other women in their lives that they're not asking the right questions. I think this is an example of how men and women communicate differently because I've also heard this, like, oh, you need to ask better questions. And I'm like, What are you talking about? I'm like nobody has ever said this to me ever in my life. But I think yeah, it's around trash
1: questions and then we just like, <laughs> damn, do I gotta carry the conversation? Is she actually interested in me? No, it's not more-
0: even it's not even that level, but I think it's like understanding how men compartmentalize how they like to be solution oriented to get the answer that is actually important or impactful to us because i think that women ask a lot of contextual questions and like we're trying to get to the cause and the root of it but we have so many other questions before we get to the specific thing and i think that there probably are better ways to like ask those questions but we ask them in a different format or method than what works for guys so i think. that's really it it's like yes ask better questions but ask better questions for men specifically
1: i think part of it is like it is similar to love languages right yeah people tend to love on others the way they like to receive love and you have to recognize that it's important to understand your person's love language and how they receive love or want to receive love so that you can disseminate love in that manner. And I think it's probably the same way with the questions that you're asking. I don't think you want to be attacked with the direct, you know, right on question in the beginning. And you probably want to tell the story of what happened and how it went and lead up into it. And so you ask questions in the same way where we're like, nah, like, what do you want to know? Like, why are you asking me a thousand questions? Yeah. (laughs) Like What what do you want?
0: Yeah. I mean, I talked to my dad about love languages and he had never. Have you taken the quiz?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So he had
0: never taken it. So it was like really interesting for me to get his perspective on that. But I agree. It's all a part of how you receive and that relates to how you give. So definitely agree with you there. But I want to go back to something you said a little bit earlier around women having sex, even when they... Don't quote unquote don't want to or something like that. It's like, oh, I don't want to have sex, but then you have sex with the guy, and then you have to deal with the ramifications of that. Do you remember saying that?
1: Yeah, I stand so, by my words. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just reminding you, uh, we have an episode in season one about the ninety day rule, abstinence, celibacy, etc. And my dad, he was surprised to hear that any man is celibate post thirty or. Even wants to abstain. So my question for you is, have you abstained for any like specific amount of time and why? Or what are your thoughts on like male celibacy today? <laughs> my Loaded crying. or
1: not? Nah. My mom might be listening to this, but...
0: <laughs> That's okay. I'm
1: grown. Uh, uh, <laughs> a couple of responses. Have I practiced celibacy before? The longest I went without having sex was uh, maybe uh a year and a half or two years maybe a year and a half yeah a year and a half
0: and why was that i think you mind it, sharing?
1: it started off i did it for lent not that i was out here just having sex okay. sex everywhere but for me I, I recognized it was weighing heavily than it should in terms of like my interactions and so i was like you know i oh you know what it was i had a really good friend that like she just thought the worst of me she just not like you're
0: like, wrong
1: not yeah, not like in i uh, I'm a bad person, but because she was very conservative, so she just hype up you know us going out and all these things way more than it should be, and so she kind of said it in like a playful way, and I was like, I would tell like it's not that serious, and she didn't believe me when I would say like sex is not that serious, you know. I gave it up for Lent, and then I think it became one of those things where I had not had it for so long, where I didn't just want to rush to have it again. Yeah, and that was probably the me thing because I went so long without it. I'm not just about to like random person. Like
0: you wanted it to be meaningful.
1: I guess you could say that.
0: (laughs) What would you say? I didn't want to be. I
1: didn't want it to be wasteful.
0: Oh, okay. (laughs) What's the opposite of that? I guess I
1: guess it's like a line between that. I just didn't want to like oh random, you know. Yeah. But you didn't have to be like oh wedding day meaningful. Sure.
0: Sure.
1: (laughs) And so that probably was the longest stint I've done. But especially now, for me, like sex, it's not a motivating factor. Which, in some ways, has probably created more conflict when it comes to dating than it has before.
0: I've heard about this conflict actually. In,
1: in terms of my yeah. actions, like I, I think it's important to have like a physical connection, and like you don't want sex to be terrible. But like someone told me, I think it was a, a pastor. He was like, "When you think about how often you have sex." And he said, assuming that you have sex and it's like, you know, let's say on a good day, 20 minutes, right? And you have it twice a week and you do the math, right? We weigh so much on something that like encompasses less than like 3% of our whole lifetime. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I heard that, you know, I'm a logical part like, damn, bro, you're right. And so for me, I think it's important to have that connection because that's part of the connection that is supposed to separate your relationship, especially in marriage, from every other relationship that you have, right? And so it's important to have a strong, solid, or firm connection there, knowing that it could change over time, but you need that connection. However, it is not like a prerequisite. If I'm with someone and they're telling me, oh, I don't want to have sex or I'm saving myself, I'm not like beelining it out the way because of that. And I respect it. Because that's not going to be the reason why I don't meet the person I'm supposed to meet. And I think a lot of guys are not like that. I think a lot of guys are like, that's the kind of like, it goes hand in hand with the relationship. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's just like not that important. Partly because I know where I want to go, right? I know that I want to be married. I want to be someone's husband. And I'm not going to let that be like a, a barrier. There are multiple ways to get to know someone and have intimacy and things like that without the physical, right? I think the conflict that it brings is that back in the day when, you know, guys go out just to get numbers, pull women, and it's very much like a a game in some way or sport in some ways. Like, I'm just going out, I'm trying to holler at these chicks, see how many numbers I can get, whatever it is, right? And so it's exciting to go out. You got something to do. And when you're not looking for that as, like, the initial thing, it's like, well, I didn't really feel like talking to her in the first place. I was only talking to her before because I want to have sex. Now that right. we're, in this, we're in this club with loud music and I got a strain to, to speak, I'm good. You know, and So <laughs> like the motivation is changing. So, like, I'm not as compelled to move because I'm not looking for that. And so I'm waiting for things to happen more organically because I'm not pressed about the sex part. And so, like, I'm not as it's not as exciting or fun to go out to the club. I'm not like, feel like I have to go speak to someone because I'm not trying to like have sex with them. And so like, I don't know if there's have to be a shift that like you get more motivated when you just want to get to know them. But I also feel like I'm equally as valuable as a person. And so there should be a mutual desire to get to know people.
0: To be clear, you would be okay with waiting some undetermined amount of time if you met a woman that you really, really liked or you had a connection with or you're like interested in learning more about or getting to know. Is that true?
1: Yeah, the short answer is that's true. The reality is and one of the guys that was on the podcast said that. So this is what happens. We keep it real. What happens is let's say you are in a situationship with someone and y'all have sex in that situationship, right? You may not know what you want to come from that. But what I'm learning is that if you knew that was your person, you probably would have made it something. So you might be holding out on there's more time to evaluate that. And then I meet person A, right? And person A is like, well, I'm not trying to have sex. Da, 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 da. A lot of people will be like, well, I'm already getting sex. So like, I'm not going to even force the issue because I'm getting sex somewhere else. So I'm cool. That's probably the reality of what happens in a lot of situations. But if I was in a situation where that wasn't the case, I still wouldn't, like, rush it. Like, to me, it's all about the end goal right now. And so if that person is like, this is important to me. And I think it's also important to know the why behind things. And maybe that's just me in my career. (laughs) <laughs> and what I do, because we're always asking why, and I'm trying to find out what's the underpinning reason why you yeah. either you do things you want to do, and it can get annoying because we talk about a lot of things at a surface level, and we oftentimes don't hit the actual rationale behind it. And so I think for me, it's important to like understand those things because then it provides more meaning to what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Because the last thing a guy wants to be in a situation is that. He was talking to someone. She wasn't talking about nothing, about sex. She's like, I'm not trying to have sex, blah, blah, blah. They stop talking. Next guy comes and then she has sex with him. That's probably like the worst case scenario for a guy.
0: How does he know?
1: Assuming. Assuming that it happens, right? I don't think you find out about it as much nowadays, but like when you're in college, you hear about this stuff all the time, right? And so- I would hate to be in a situation where if I would have pushed a little bit more or whatever, whatever, I could have done it.
0: That goes back to guys feeling like it's a a game.
1: I understand how you say that. It's not the same, but that's like someone saying, I want this guy to be vulnerable, right? And you try to- He's
0: vulnerable with the next woman. And,
1: And yeah, and someone was a little bit more aggressive about it or what have you. And then you find out all of a sudden he's vulnerable. Or like you're dating someone and he just texts you all the time. He doesn't really call. Da da da. You're like, I wish he would call me. Da da da. And then you hear from down the way that he's with such and such. All of a sudden, he's talking to her on the phone. You're like, damn, what was like, what was up with me that he couldn't do it? So I don't think like sex is different than those things. I think we put value on sex more. So that it feels differently. But like all those things are something that someone else wants that they are not getting. And then they feel some kind of way when they realize someone else gets it easier than they did.
0: I agree. But I do think sex is a little bit different than those things. That's just my personal opinion. But I.
1: You're one way. Like, cause, I mean, it's important. And it's some it's, it's someone a, it's to listen to connection. this on my side and they're like, yeah, tell them. like, So educate me. Like, how is it? <laughs>
0: I think that sex really does represent a different type of connection, one that is and can be very spiritual. I don't think sex is 100% purely physical, but that is how we treat it often. And I think that a lot of people have sex just for pleasure, but if you think about and I'm Christian, so I am um, Christian too. I believe
1: in the Lord. <laughs>
0: great. <laughs> I think a lot of my perspective is around connecting with your person and your body not being just for everyone. And I think that we kind of use our bodies sometimes just for immediate gratification and oh, I, really yeah, don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's about immediate gratification all the time I think our bodies in a physical sense are made for it and made for reproduction but I don't compare sex to like a, an attitude or not even attitude. I don't compare it to not getting a call back or not getting vulnerability or not getting something that you thought you wanted and being upset that the next person got it. Because it's just not for you. If you didn't get it, it's not for you. And I think that we have to like take our egos out of it and stop thinking about other people's sex or not as like as a sport. Because even if you think about the next person getting something you got, it's really you being selfish. It's you thinking about yourself. It's not you thinking about how the other person grew or developed or matured or found somebody that actually ignites or helps them bloom in another way. You're thinking about, oh, I didn't do enough of this or I did that. Did that other person do that? Or why did that person get it? It's purely from a selfish place. And I don't think we should think about it like that.
1: I don't disagree with you. I just say for what I think the reality is, right? We can live in these worlds that like, you know, what we know should be true, you know, in the perfect world will be right. But I just think that's the reality of things. I 100% agree with you in what you said. But I, I guess where I disagree is that I think sex or level intimacy or what have you, it just depends on the person. Some people can have sex and it do not mean, mean anything. Some people, they can have sex and it mean like a whole lot in the same way with vulnerability. Like for a guy, it may not mean as much because he has not recognized the power in it. For a woman, I'm stereotyping by gender, but for a woman, it can mean a whole lot to have that connectivity. And you never know how people's past play into that, whether they didn't have a parent around or they didn't have that, you know, level of vulnerability with their siblings or their familial relationships, that those things are like probably skewed higher for them. And so I just think it varies per person. And I can't tell someone that like this thing shouldn't mean more to you or less to you for whatever reason. But I just think the reality is like people feel that way. Like just like I said, people are inherently selfish. You shouldn't be, but people are. In the same way that like if you were in a situation shift for like three or four years, you get fed up and you're like, okay, I'm done with it. You're not pulling the trigger, you're not making no moves. And then a year and a half later you find out this guy just proposed to someone. As a human, you're gonna feel some kind of way. Like you're just gonna be like, What? That's true. <laughs> and so I think that feeling can happen related to like what I just said, sex. Like when that happens, it's just natural whether you should or it's productive or not. It's natural to feel that way. And I think as a guy, is when it comes to sex, guys feel that way, whether we should or not. It's the feeling, something that if you ask a lot of guys, they think about, probably not actively, but like they don't want to be that guy that was in a situation being patient and doing all the things right, and then nothing came of it. Because guys always want sex, right? Like it's not the end all be all, but they always want it, and so they're gonna feel some kind of way when they did all the right things because they're thinking about it intentionally. This doesn't happen, and then now you know something happens. Y'all, you know, she's heartbroken because y'all didn't work out, and now she's like, whatever. Living the best life. He's like, damn, if I only caught it like two weeks, you know, (laughs) months later.
0: (laughs) I hear you. I definitely hear you. My point is just guys don't take it personally. That's it.
1: Hey, right, well, so you don't we, take don't take it personal when he's when he's not saying nothing.
0: <laughs> and my two cents is that women shouldn't. Okay, uh, it's we, just we agree. Great. <laughs> we also agree that we wish we could keep going, but unfortunately, we're out of time. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Shadozi will be joining me for part two next week, so don't miss out.